Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my beautiful friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I'm coming to you from my clean closet. So I'm doing much better. It's a lot more relaxing in here without the clothes and things all over the place. So feeling better about recording the podcast today. The only thing I have not figured out about recording these podcasts is that when I have a guest on, there's, I always have something wrong. Like there's a, I always have an echo. I cannot figure this out. It is making me crazy. It makes me want to cry and, and scream. I don't know what the deal is. I do all the same things on my end, but for whatever reason, when I have somebody uh, to recording with it, there's it kind of messes up things. I don't, I don't know what it is. Not their fault. Um, but you know, that happened with Dr. Axe last week. Um, my voice was kind of echoey. So I appreciate your understanding if you listen and it's a little bit annoying if you hear a slight echo or something feels a little off. I'm just doing the best I can over here trying to figure all this out, this technology that makes me nuts. But anyway, um, onward and upward, my friends, we just got to keep on keeping on, not let it slow us down. Okay, so today's topic that we're talking about came because of a recent experience, interesting experience I had on the scale. Now, you know, I'm not a big um, weigher. I don't get on the scale very often. But about a week before Christmas, I was like, girl, we better have a reality check with ourselves. <laughs> you know, uh, I was eating a lot of Christmas crack, a lot of delicious carbs having a little more vino than normal. And I thought I was feeling kind of just, ugh, you know, I was feeling it. I was feeling kind of thick and heavy. That's what my best friend and I always say. Well, like, you know, feeling thick and heavy, thick and heavy, thick and heavy when we're kind of been overdoing it a little. And I was certainly feeling thick and heavy. And I thought maybe if I got on the scale and saw what was happening there, it would be like a little come to Jesus meeting with myself and I would woe up. So that's what I did. I hopped on the scale about a week before Christmas. Um, and lo and behold, my weight was down. Like I was at the bottom edge of my little range that I normally stay in. And I hadn't seen that number in a while. And I was like, what? <laughs> this can't be right. And so my first thought was that my scale was broken. So I got off, I got back on. Nope, it was the same. And so I was like, wow, well, that's interesting. I really took on that, um, that kind of curious journalistic, you know, 
approach that I talked about um, in overcoming scale drama. You know, when we get on the scale, we really want to be neutral about what we see there. Remember that it's just a number. And if it's a number that um, puzzles you, <laughs> instead I was going to say alarms you because don't, we don't want to do that. That's a feeling and a thought, right? But if whatever that number is, you want to approach that from kind of a, a neutral objective place and really question why I'm at this number, whether it's low or high. Right. And so that's what I did. I was like, what, what, why could this be? And sadly, my first thought was, um, maybe I'm dehydrated. <laughs> there had been a lot of vino going down. So I thought maybe I'm super dehydrated or something. And then my second thought was, or maybe my body just really loves carbs. That would be nice. Right. Um, but the thing was, my body wasn't loving the carbs because I wasn't feeling that great. You know, I was not going to the bathroom as well, not pooping as well. I was feeling kind of thick and heavy. So, you know, it wasn't like I was feeling tip top. Um, even if my body could stand a little more garbage. Um, and so I considered those things. And then the other thing that came to my mind was like, you know what, the last time something like this happened, I had done my, a gut protocol. I'd been on a gut protocol and I had done one, you know, I've been doing this cell core protocol, um, here for a while. And prior to that, about a year and a half ago, I had done another gut protocol. You might remember I talked about it with my food sensitivities, what came back on that test and everything. And I did that one. It, I think I started in the spring and it went into the summer and when, you know, the only other time of the year that I eat more carbs and probably drink a little more wine is in the summer. And coincidentally, that's the last time I did a gut protocol. And I remember this same thing happening, like despite the carbs and the little extra wine, I had that downward shift in my my body weight set point or my, or my range, you know, and it had gone down and it had been surprising to me then. And so I thought, well, that could very well be what this is here is this gut protocol I've been doing. And so I decided, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to, I'll weigh again soon and, and see where we are before I think too much more about this because um, also, I was like, this could be just some weird fluke. I don't know. So I went to Taos for New Year's. And girl, I didn't woo up there. You know, I was still enjoying some delicious carbs and some delicious Chardonnay. And we had friends over like every night and we had a blast. It was so fun. Um, so when we got home from that, I weighed again because, you know, we were starting Feast to Fast. And I was like, okay, let's see where I am fully expecting to be back to normal, but nope, I was still down where I was a week before, which was still kind of shocking to me. And so I thought, okay, well, it's got to be the gut protocol. And so then just for good measure, I weighed again about a week ago, and I was still the same. And so with that, I felt like I could come on and tell you this story because I felt like that was consistent enough and it really um, inspired what I wanted to talk about today um, you know how and why the status of your gut impacts whether or not you can lose weight and just to give you um, the information because you know if you've changed your diet you've started exercising you've prioritized sleep and things are not budging as much as it 
seems that they should be, um, it, perhaps it could be something going on with the gut and that doing a gut reset to help your body could be, um, you know, could budge that a little bit for you. It could really help. Uh, because if you have gut dysbiosis, and gut dysbiosis is when your intestinal environment is imbalanced, okay, you, you have lower levels, or you don't have enough different kinds of good bacteria, and you have too many opportunistic or bad bacteria or other pathogens. When we say pathogens, that encompasses, you know, bacteria, virus, microorganisms that cause infection or disease in the body, you know, like parasites, which are more common than you think. Um, and by opportunistic, we mean that just what it sounds like, you know, they will overtake if given the chance. Um, they will take that opportunity. And so it's very common for people to have gut dysbiosis. I've told you about all of the, the GI maps that I've run on clients and I've never seen a clean one come back. Somebody, you know, everybody's usually got when they, they do have some kind of overgrowth of opportunistic bacteria and the, or they don't have enough um, of the helpful, beneficial bacteria. Sometimes a parasite will come back, sometimes a yeast overgrowth, you know, there can be a lot going on there and that's not going to help you out. So that's what I thought we'd talk about today. And what's interesting is that the gut bacteria of people who are overweight show patterns of dysbiosis compared to people with a healthier population of gut bacteria. So this is a thing, y'all. And a lot of people take a probiotic and think that will even everything out. But that's not exactly how it works. In many cases, you have to be more aggressive in going after the pathogenic agents in the body. And we'll talk more about that later, but let's set this up a little bit more so you understand how this imbalance can be causing your body to hold on to weight, even gain weight, instead of releasing it. So scientists did this fascinating experiment where they transferred bacteria from, from guts of two strains of mice. So there were these obese mice and these lean mice, okay? And they transferred bacteria from each of these kind of mice into a set of mice um, that didn't have any gut bacteria. They were kind of bred to be that way so they could do this experiment. We'll call them the clean slate mice. You know, they didn't have any gut bacteria. And so the gut bacteria transferred from the obese mice into the clean slate mice, made them fat. And the gut bacteria transferred from the naturally lean mice into the clean slate mice. They, you know, those mice were lean. And then scientists took bacteria from the guts of human identical twins. One twin was obese, one twin was lean, and they transferred their bacteria into the clean slate mice. Same thing happened. The bacteria from the obese twin made the mice become fat. Bacteria from the lean twin did not. Interesting, right? So let's break this down a little bit. Break it down. Um, your gut bacteria play a role in your digestion, fat storage, and hunger. Okay, and those obviously can all have a major impact on your weight. First and foremost, bacteria help us digest and absorb food efficiently. But that's if we have enough good bacteria, the right kind of bacteria to help us do that. The good ones produce enzyme that help us break down carbohydrates. And that's really important to be able to break down all the plant matter, you know, the beautiful veggies and fruit that you eat 
so that your body can utilize the vitamins and minerals. Bacteria help us do that. And if we don't have enough of the right kind, we can feel bloated, constipated, or have some form of intestinal distress. And because of this, the bacteria will also impact the way that you use energy or calories. Remember that calories are just a measure of energy. Okay, but bacteria will impact the way that you use calories from your food. The wrong kind of bacteria will be less efficient at processing or using the energy and be more prone to encouraging your body to store it. And that ain't helpful, right? We don't want that. There are actually two really important strains of bacteria that I've heard referred to as the dream team when it comes to um, a bacteria profile that's shared by the leanest, healthiest, and longest lived people in the world. Okay, so these strains of bacteria were found in those people, and those are bifidobacteria and acromansia. Bifido, you've probably heard of that, you know, bifidobacteria. It's common and there's different strains of bifido, but they help us digest carbs, protect, protect us against pathogens. They help us make B vitamins and antioxidants. And bifido correlates with decreased inflammation and improved ability to use blood sugar for energy and store instead of storing it as fat. And bifido also helps feed other good bacteria so we can increase our bacterial diversity. Okay, bacterial diversity is very important. We want to have lots of good strains of helpful bacteria working on our behalf. You know, all the strains, they all have their little jobs to do, you know, and the ones they're good at. We kind of think of it like a corporation, you know, in all the different departments. There's the sales department, the marketing department, the research, the administrative. You can't have a corporation with just the sales department, right? And it's the same in the gut. You don't want just a sales department. You need diverse presence of these different bacteria doing all the jobs that keep you healthy. There's research that shows long-term weight gain is associated with a gut microbiome that lacks diversity. So we most definitely want to promote different strains of bacteria in the gut. Now, acromansia is really cool because it can help determine how food energy gets absorbed. Apparently, the more acromansia in the gut, the fewer calories are absorbed. Isn't this so interesting? <laughs> this can be the answer to the question people have like, why does she eat like that? Or, you know, or I eat just as well as she does. And, you know, she never gains weight. And I just look at food and the, the pounds pile on. Well, one factor could very well be that the person's microbiome um, you know, is different, has different bacteria or has some of these more beneficial bacteria that more efficiently use energy, use calories. Also, both of the bifido and acromansia bacteria help support a stronger gut barrier. And obese people are often found to have a leaky gut. So that is something that needs to be addressed and a good gut protocol that helps get rid of the opportunistic bacteria and promote the beneficial bacteria is going to help do that. A few things that are said to help promote the acromansia are fasting. Okay, in fact, fasting just helps the microbiome overall. Helps it, you know, constantly just kind of reset, helps promote the, the good bacteria. So fasting is, again, another reason to love fasting, my friends. 
Um, but the acromansia are particular to apple skins and cranberries. That's what they like to eat. We have to remember that the way that we eat is probably the number one factor when it comes to determining how we manage gut bacteria. Beneficial bacteria thrive off of healthy food, especially vegetables and fruit, and bad bacteria thrive off of processed food and sugar. So what you eat feeds the good or the bad bacteria, and you have to consider which you are encouraging to live and thrive in your gut. And like I said, you know, you need that good gut, gut bacteria to be able to break down and use the healthy plant foods that you eat, like your veggies. You know, sometimes people will change their diet for the better uh, by including more vegetables and, you know, good stuff like that, but feel more bloated and constipated. And that's frustrating. You know, sometimes that happens in Feast to Fast. People come in, change their diet, and it's like, I'm eating healthier now, but now I'm bloated and I can't poop. And much of that comes down to the status of the gut bacteria, what strains you have there, you know, what is working on your behalf or against you, what's able to break down all the, the food matter, the plant matter especially. So sometimes it's why a diet with more protein and fat can feel better, you know, a more animal-based animal, um, diet can be used as a therapeutic diet while you work on your gut and help it to repopulate it with the good bacteria that helps you break down plant matter. So many of us do have compromised guts and really it's the carbohydrates that take the biggest hit, you know, when it comes to breaking down the food and, and the, the plant matter, you know, it's the fiber um, really that, and that bulk that can be um, difficult for the gut to deal with and that really does come down to these strains of bacteria that you have there. Now your bacterial balance will also affect your hunger and cravings because just like I said you know that bad bacteria they love processed food they love sugar and that's what they want you to eat. So if you have a lot uh, an overgrowth of the bad bacteria the opportunistic bacteria they want sugar and they want to be fed and they will drive you to want more sugar. I've described this before as like having an alien in your body <laughs> that drives you to want to eat unhealthy food, you know, and you're thinking you have terrible willpower and it's like these little buggers in your intestines. They're like, feed me, feed me and just drive you to eat that bad stuff. Remember the podcast I did with Mike McNeil and his story about once he expelled the candida and parasites from his body, his cravings went away. I mean, he reversed his type 2 diabetes. His health journey is amazing. It's an amazing story. And it's all about cleaning up his gut. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen. It's a really good one. We talk a lot about this stuff. Another way our bacterial balance influences weight is that they affect inflammation. So when you have gut dysbiosis or some kind of gut infection due to parasites or something like that, your body is going to be in a constant state of inflammation, which leads to a constant stress in the body, which can lead to fat accumulation. Okay. Also having a leaky gut is a root cause source of systemic inflammation. A leaky gut allows poorly digested food particles to get into the blood that are not supposed to be there. 
And when your immune system sees that, it freaks out, sends out, you know, all the bells and the whistles and the alarms go off and it sends its weapons to fight it. This is what leads to food sensitivities. You could have poorly digested molecules of bananas or beef or spinach or squash leaking into the bloodstream in a way that it shouldn't be there. And your body will see that as an invader. Do you remember how many things came back on my food sensitivity test that was healthy? It was like squash and beef and um, I think blueberries were on there. Spinach, basil, you know, because I love pesto with the besto. Um, but that, that is what happens. You know, when you eat those foods, it sets off an immune response to fight it. And this is very stressful to the body. The body feels like it's in constant battle mode. So if you don't address the leaky gut, it'll keep happening. You know, you'll, you'll become sensitive to different foods. You may not know it. You know, it may not be like an obvious, you eat something and then you're obviously sick, but it might be the thing leading to your sinuses or your skin condition or, or whatever it may be. But part of a good pro gut protocol involves specific nutrients and herbs to heal and seal up the gut lining. Okay. So let's talk about a gut reset or a good gut protocol. Honestly, I think just about everybody can benefit from doing one. Um, and a really good gut protocol is going to take at least three to four months. Now, here's what was so frustrating for me after I did my first gut protocol, you know, about a year and a half ago, just as I was nearing the end of it, I got a UTI, urinary tract infection. I'd never had one in my life. It's the first one I'd ever gotten. And so I didn't realize it was happening. You know, I, I didn't recognize what the symptoms were just, and I was like, wait, what's happening here? But I didn't really piece it together. Um, and then it was kind of too late for a natural remedy to be effective to be effective. I mean, once I suspected what it was, I, I did try all the natural things, you know, I was taking D-manose and cranberry and some other things um, that are known to help get rid of it, but it was really too late. I mean, what I've learned is you've got to start taking that stuff at the first sign of a UTI to be able to combat it naturally. Incidentally, um, I got another UTI this last summer at around the same time of the year, which is totally bizarre since I'd never had them in my life. And then I got one two years in a row at the same time of the year. So, you know, of course my brain was like putting all the pieces together of that. But this time when it happened, I knew what it was and I immediately went to the store. Luckily I was in a big city um, and I had some better resources available to me. La the la first time it happened, I was here in Sonora and I went to the pharmacy here and it was just like, you know, slim pickings. So I didn't really have a lot. Um, but this second time around, I went to the store, I found this supplement called UT answer and it has all the good stuff in it, like D manos and super concentration of cranberry and vitamin C and uva ursi and caprylic acid and all these really good compounds that help fight um, a UTI. And I started super dosing that and I was able to get rid of the UTI in three days. By the way, I put that one on my master wellness and supplement list. So it is there if you want to find the link to that. Um, but you know, I wasn't so lucky that first time and I was very stupid and tried to be a hero and went two weeks trying to fight the UTI naturally until I couldn't take it anymore. I mean, don't ever do that. It's so stupid. It's so dangerous. 
So I ended up going to the doctor and I had to get an antibiotic. And it broke my heart because I had just spent all that time and all that money and all that effort on my gut protocol, you know, and then here I was going in and H bombing my gut with antibiotic. And I think that's why I was so stubborn about going to the doctor, you know, because I knew that was going to happen. Um, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. You know, sometimes antibiotics are necessary and thank you God for them. Um, but that's the truth. If you don't start addressing the UTI, the absolute second you suspect it, um, it's likely going to be too late to go the natural route. So don't do what I did. But anyway, I tell you that story because antibiotics are one of the big factors that change the balance of our gut, you know, the bacteria in there, and just leave that playing field wide open to the opportunistic bacteria to take root and take over. For them, it's like, here's our chance. Here we go, yo. You know, research has shown that being exposed to antibiotics early in life can lead to long-term disruptions in the gut microbiome. And that can cause metabolic changes as you grow and develop. In fact, scientists believe this is one contributing factor that explains this just horrible rise in childhood obesity, obesity in recent years. But also just in, you know, overall gut, I mean, overall health problems. I mean, we're talking about weight today, but your gut microbiome is a key to every aspect of your health. It affects your immune system, your brain, your skin, your joints, your cardiovascular system. I mean, everything. If you or if your kids, you know, are prone to catching all the things, you likely have a gut problem. Just remember that just because you don't have obvious digestive issues does not mean that you do not have a gut problem. Okay? And, you know, my generation, we took the heck out of antibiotics. Um, and we're starting to wise up about that, you know, and be more judicious about taking antibiotics. Um, yes, if you have a raging UTI, please take them. Um, but often antibiotics are overprescribed and not necessary or even helpful in certain situations. I remember leaving a doctor's office with an antibiotic prescription in my hand for one of my kids that I never intended to get filled. But the doctor, doctor was basically like, take it. You don't have to fill it, but just take the prescription, okay? I was like, okay. You know, almost like, I've got to cover my butt here. So take this with you so I can say that I did. And my kid got over whatever it was. I can't even remember what it was. Probably an ear infection. But we did not take the antibiotic. And I, I don't even know if it was a he or she, which kid it was. I think it was my middle. But it was fine. All that to say, if you've ever had an antibiotic, you are a ripe candidate for a gut reset. And if you've had many antibiotics over the course of your lifetime, I mean, each time it just gives more and more playing ground for the opportunistic bacteria to grow and take over, which will contribute to, if not be a root cause of health problems, including your weight. So what does go into a good gut reset or protocol. Like I said earlier, it's not just about adding more strains of beneficial bacteria, like taking a probiotic. That's part of it. And that's great. But that's not addressing the whole picture. First and foremost, you want your diet to encourage the growth of good bacteria, and not bad bacteria. Food first, always, right? But from there, there are five really big kind of overarching components or steps of a gut protocol. 
Number one is functional digestive support. You may need digestive enzymes, supplemental hydrochloric acid, or bile support to help your body get up to speed in breaking down your food. We need those carbs and fats and proteins broken down well before they ever hit the small or large intestine. And all of that happens in the northern part of the digestive tract. You know, we think of digestion as a north to south process. And if things ain't working in the north, they ain't going to work good in the south. Okay. All right. Number two is drainage and binder support. Remember in the drainage before detox podcast that I did. And we discussed the importance of opening all the drainage pathways. You know, we want to support the liver and the kidneys and the bowels. So that once we start killing off the bad bacteria or the parasites, they can efficiently exit the body. We don't want them recirculating all their little toxins, right? And then so the binder, what that does is help bind up the toxic material. You know, as we're killing things off and um, it's going in and helping to bind all that up. And then the drainage support helps ensure that it's all flowing out of there. So those are really important components of a gut protocol. Number three is eradicating the overgrowth of bad bacteria or yeast or other pathogenic agents like parasites. You have to go in and kill the weeds. It is not just enough to plant more flowers. Okay, left unchecked, these pathogens can multiply and they produce waste material that's toxic to the system. You know, a good gut reset is going to take about three to four months maybe even longer, depending on what's going on with your bod. But three to four months is pretty standard. And part of the reason is that the pathogens, you know, they're in different stages of growth and exposure in the body. You need a, you need a plan to be long enough to be able to zap everything, you know, as it develops and is exposed to the supplement agents that you're using. And a lot of these little buggers are protected by biofilms, which are kind of like these protective bubbles And part of what a full gut protocol does is help break the biofilms so that you can actually get to the pathogens to kill them. I think this is one reason that some protocols are not effective. They don't address the biofilms. Someone on Instagram messaged me and asked why I thought her parasite protocol may not have worked well. And I mean, you know, I don't know what she used, but my top estimations were that it wasn't long enough or it didn't have strong enough eradicating agents, or it didn't address the biofilms. So you definitely want to do that. Um, Number four of a good gut protocol, it's going to address a leaky gut, like I talked about earlier. It's going to have specific compounds that target the gut lining and help short up. You know, we want to heal and seal. And you do this with real food. I mean, always food, you know, food first, and we're bringing in good foods like bone broth. And certain supplements that include things like aloe vera or L-glutamine or marshmallow root. You know, there are lots of formulations out there that are designed to do this, but you definitely want to make sure it's part of your protocol. And then finally, the last thing, you know, is we do want to use a probiotic in probiotic foods like fermented foods, fermented veggies, sauerkraut, kombucha, high quality yogurt or kefir um, to come in and help, you know, populate um, with some diversity, you know, all the, all the departments, we want to fill all the departments with good bacteria. Um, my favorite go-to probiotics are just Thrive and Megaspore. Those are also on my master wellness and supplement list. And so 
If you haven't downloaded that, you can go to the website and do that. Um, so those are the big steps, you know, can it be complicated? A little bit. <laughs> it's a little high maintenance, kind of pricey, you know, sometimes. Um, you have to go in committed and be ready to do it, you know, and committed to, I would say the four months it's going to take, but you know, to me, this is just critical to your overall long-term health. So many conditions, including your weight can stem from this central problem of gut dysbiosis. So if you feel like you've done all the things for weight loss and the needle is just not moving much, this could be the plateau buster or any, you know, any piece of this. I mean, sometimes it's also just starting with breaking down the food well, um, you know, getting some digestive support. But again, like I said, we want to have the good bacteria in there that help us utilize that food well. Um, you know, it's going to be beneficial to your health to do a gut reset. Even if you think you have this pristine gut, you know, we really don't because we're, we're exposed to so many environmental toxins and chemicals and things in our life that go in and um, really affect that bacterial balance, you know, in addition to the antibiotic. You know, one reason I did this most recent gut protocol on the heels of the first one, I only did it, you know, the other one about a year and a half ago. Um, but the reason I wanted to do another one, one of the reasons was because of that antibiotic I had to take, you know, and I knew that Re, that recompromised my gut, um, which was why I was so stubborn about taking the antibiotic. But anyway, we do have to be realistic about the damage an antibiotic does, you know, and but know that we can help restore our gut health with a good reset. The other reason I was ready to do another one is because I really wanted to try out the, uh, the CellCore's four-month foundation protocol, which I've mentioned here several times, and I really like it as an effective, streamlined protocol. But if you are going to do a gut reset, I really encourage you to work with a practitioner and don't try to wing it. You know, a, a professional is going to have a greater context, um, know how to take into consideration your more specific needs and guide you through it. And, you know, have access to the, the best protocol for you. You know, these cell core protocols are really powerful. And I mean, if you were going through one, you, you want someone to talk to. <laughs> If you see critters in your poop or you feel horrible. And those are both very real possibilities as you detox. If you are in the club, the Christian Health Club, I do have an option that you can work one-on-one -on -one with me to manage your cell core protocol. Um, and I'll be doing regular Q&A calls for any of my members who are currently using any of their products. Okay. If you're not in the club, why not? Come on with it. Come join us. If you haven't done Feast to Fast, you got to do that first because I need us to all be on the same page about eating and understanding how to balance blood sugar and insulin and all of that good stuff. Um, that's why I like everybody to have done Feast to Fast. Then you can join the health club and then we can go into deeper health topics and protocols like the Gut Reset. If you're not in the club, um, I can always recommend some really good practitioners. Um, if you want me to, that is fine as well. But if you do want to uh, join Feast to Fast, we're about to have our next round. Yay! It's going to start on February 17th, which is Ash Wednesday. Registration is open. 
at feastafast.co. This round will go six and a half weeks instead of four. It's the same price. And if you're in the club, it's already included in your, in your membership. So you don't have to pay for it again. Um, but we're going all the way through Easter. So we do extra sugar detoxing, more super fasting, and we just really stay focused on Jesus as we go through the season of Lent. So it's a really wonderful, full spirit, mind, body, health experience, um, to go through during Lent. So love to have you do that. Love to have you come join us for that. So, um, please do. Okay, my friends, I hope you learned something today. I hope it was interesting and helpful. And just, I needed you to know that this is um, a very real reason why you might be stuck in your weight. Now, when I did my gut protocols, I, I wasn't doing it for weight loss, right? I'm at a perfectly healthy weight. Um, and so it shifted me down a little bit. But if you had a lot of weight to lose, it could be the thing that just helps you bust through that plateau. I'm not promising that, you know, I can't, I'm never going to make that, any promises like that, but um, it'll be good for your health, you know, and um, whenever you can let go of that inflammation, the toxicity, whenever you can really help the gut function more properly, whether it's the digestive part or, you know, the, the gut lining doing what it's supposed to do or having enough of the beneficial bacteria working on your behalf so you're not extracting extra calories from food than you need to. I mean, that's crazy. That's one of the things I think is just so interesting about the gut bacteria. Um, it would be worth your while to consider doing one of these at some point. You know, and like I said, I've been sharing this a long time in the in the Christian Health Club. I talk about doing these these gut protocols. And, you know, you kind of have to gear your mind up for it, right? You have to you have to really be ready to do it. But when you're ready, I encourage you to do it. Um, it will be good for your health. And I'm always praying for your very best health and trying to help you find your way to that. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week. Oh, 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 oh,